Hello and welcome to Audio Mission from Church Mission Society. I'm Trevor Smith. This autumn sees us profiling the results of our giant listening exercise to find out what people think about mission. Thank you if you are one of more than 2,000 people who completed our survey online or at festivals this summer. You can see more about the results by going to the Mission Is tab at churchmissionsociety.org. In the coming months, we'll be busting some myths about mission based on what we found out. One we tackle this month is that mission is basically about helping people. We meet mission partners working in Asia and Latin America who very obviously do mission that is helping people. But on reflection, what makes it distinctive, what really matters, is something else. First, we go to Brazil, where Andy and Rose Roberts lead Revive, an NGO caring for girls who've suffered various kinds of abuse. Andy shared with Jeremy Woodham what got Revive started, the difference it makes, and what makes it different. For Christians, I think all of us need to pass through a Popeye moment. And a Popeye, you know, you might remember the old cartoon Popeye. And, you know, in Popeye, you know, every week, you know, his girlfriend, Olive Oil, would be in trouble in some kind of situation. And, and Popeye would get more and more and more frustrated until he couldn't take it anymore. And he cracked open that spinach and became really strong and, and you know, got into action and, and saved the day, as it were. And I think for us, you know, mission is freedom and freedom to live. And, you know, well, freedom to do what? What do I do? What is my role as a, what is my mission? And I would always encourage everyone to, to find their Popeye moment. So what is the thing? Where you, what, is, what is building up inside of you? What is that frustration? If you see social injustice, it might be to do with modern day slavery, human trafficking, politics, you know, the economic systems that keep people in poverty. What is the thing inside of you which is building up and thinking that can't happen anymore? For me and for us, our Popeye moment came um, a few years ago with uh, with three sisters who were on the streets, um, all of them forced into prostitution uh, by their own mother. And up until that point, we'd seen some of the girls in this kind of situation, but that was the point where the frustration finally spilled over and we needed to do something about it. And so, yeah, we've worked with about 30 girls over the past few years. Uh, one of them, a girl called, we'll change their names, obviously, uh, for this situation, but one of them is a girl called Sarah. And Sarah, she came to revive uh, a few years ago. Uh, she was 12 years old and had been sexually abused by her grandmother's boyfriend. And she'd been sexually abused for, for two years. And so since she was 10, uh, she came to revive. And she was very... Uh, vulnerable. Uh, she didn't know how to read or, or how to write. She had lots of behavioural issues uh, when she first came. Uh, but from the love and care of the staff uh, over the past few years, she's really uh, blossomed. Her life has begun to be restored. Uh, we got a special needs teacher, which has really helped her in her reading and writing. And she can now read and write. And it was Brazilian Father's Day just this month and she wrote me a nice letter uh, for Brazilian Father's Day so that shows you how how much she's come along in in, in that respect and that's been really good and um, she for her future um, is a little bit uncertain because she's now on the adoption list and unfortunately not many people want to adopt a, a teenager in Brazil and so we've had to really think not just for her but for quite a few of the other girls at Revive you know what will they go on to do in Revive and Revive's second part of its mission is is renewing hope for a better future. And so what can we do for, for this girl Sarah and for the other girls in Revive that can really set them up for a better future? 
and one of them is obviously in in some kind of job now for for Sarah it's a little bit more difficult because she still struggles with reading and writing and so some her skill needs to be something much more practical uh, than rather than just doing admin in an, in an office and so we managed to get her a professional pet grooming course which is really interesting in Brazil the Brazilians like to keep their pets beautiful and so she did this course and she now uh, is doing a bit of a bit of work at the local pet shop and so hopefully she's 15 now and hopefully in in the next few years she'll be able to use this course to to get a job and and make a good future for herself so it's a, a good story and and also you know from a spiritual sense over the past few years she's really come to know uh, Jesus uh, she is um, a Christian and in a, a little video that we did with her uh, a while ago she said that the most significant change that had happened in her life in the past few years was to know uh, Jesus and so she's involved in the local church and the local youth group and having a having a great time there lots of people uh, we sometimes have this problem in Brazil as well with uh, the judge and with the government they don't like sometimes the spiritual side to revive's work but on the other hand they hold up revive as an example of of one of the best NGOs in, in the city. And they always ask us, you know, what is the difference? What do you guys do differently than other organizations do? And I always say, well, it's because of our faith. Our faith is what makes us different. That is the differential in our work. And quite often they, they end up agreeing with us that actually facing up to some of the Christian values and working through them is very good and very helpful for the girls themselves. So we see good things how difficult is it for girls when they come to you to to even start just forming normal relationships after these they've been through these terrible things usually when a girl arrives at revive she's usually very uh, sometimes traumatized because perhaps she's coming fresh from uh, an abusive situation um sometimes she's been in another care home for a few weeks or a few months and then she's transferred to revive but all of them arrive quite shy um, very difficult situations and it's at these times which our staff really come into play because they're very loving and so to show these girls that they are, are cared for and that they're in a safe place also the older girls at Revive are very good, you know, the ones who have been at Revive for quite a few months, obviously they have come from a similar situation so they can uh, relate to lots of things which the new girl is going through and they're very um, they have that kind of big sister relationship for the for the girls coming in which is, which is really good. They know that they are within, amongst people who have perhaps you know, been through something similar to that they, that they have but also that these people are, are loving people and caring people and that they're in a, a safe place, free and long and, and, and a long way away from, from those abusive situations. It's fantastic to hear of the freedom being experienced by those young girls and of the respect which is given to Revive's work. Now we move to Pakistan and meet a mission partner who's serving the people there through education, bringing her experience and skills to help train teachers in church schools. She'll remain anonymous here but what Naomi Rose Steinberg discovered when she talked to her about the state of education in Pakistan is that the personal touch counts. If a child is born in Pakistan, in your opinion, what are the odds that he or she is going to receive a good education, in your opinion? Well, it all depends on how rich your parents are. 
if you haven't got any money you and you're lucky you can go to a government school which is free or most people try and scrimp to get their child to a charity or private or church school and if you're very rich your child will go to a very good expensive school um, where they will get um, if it's very expensive they will get a western style education or or much better education than children in a poor basic independence or private school is it also sort of dependent on gender as well or caste as well in the cities there's not so much of a gender issue um, and boys and girls will go to school sometimes they go to separate schools or they have separate classrooms in the school with the boys and girls but there's not so much of an issue of we don't want the girls to attend school but in the more rural areas and um, northern areas of Pakistan there is an issue about the boys will be sent and not the girls sometimes that is because there isn't a girls school or it might be because they don't believe in girls having an education but generally things nowadays are changing a lot and even in remote areas girls are going to school and at least getting primary education. Listening to you talk about education in Pakistan it seems like the needs are so great what do you feel like is your primary role or call uh, in the in the situation in Pakistan? Well primarily is to encourage and support teachers as they teach because there's no real proper teacher training in Pakistan and the teaching degrees and master's degrees they do have really aren't always appropriate to Pakistan. I never really criticise the teachers but it's just a slowly slowly um, we have a, a Christian education programme now in the schools which is bible based learning and how Jesus taught in parables and how he got to people to think and how we have to think about things so it's mainstream educational policy but bible related and the teachers really love that especially the part that says they're chosen by God to be teachers so you know that and that really boosts them up because you know now they have been told and they know and they've read in the bible that their job is important but you're from the west so what's the reaction to your involvement well because i i can i speak i don't speak only too well but i speak enough for, for them they know i know their pakistani textbooks and syllabuses and they know the schools and i know them and so i think they take me as a bit of an exception and um, sometimes they'll talk about Westerners or Americans in a, especially in a derogatory way and then they'll say oh sorry we don't mean you <laughs> um, but it, you know, a lot of their teacher training it isn't appropriate for Pakistan and it's all Western based but if you go into the schools and train with them and um, and it's realistic and then they say well she's doing it she's teaching our children like this so we can if I were to ask you to sort of sum up your mission call what would that summary be well I th- um, you know I am I know I'm very keen on people being called and as I said I tell the teachers they've been called and I think it's very 
important to work you know to join the community as much as you can and to really feel what they feel and to work with the people and work alongside them a lot um, we see a lot nowadays of people sitting in air-conditioned offices in front of a computer and not actually doing a lot of the actual face-to-face and on-the-ground work and I think you know my calling is to work with with people and really to um, encourage them and they encourage me and to just make God's kingdom on earth and to make it more you know walk with walk with Christ with them and we're all walking together and I think you know that is the what is the way of mission really is to be with people that you're working with and encouraging it seems to be true that in mission you can help people as much as you like but without really being with them nothing good can grow we have no closing reflection this month as our third interview provides for more purposeful reflection than usual it's part of a conversation with Jane Gerrard that forms part of our new Mission Is Bible Study, shortly available on the resources section of our website, churchmissionsociety.org. Jane, who has also worked in education in Pakistan for two decades, talked to John Orchard, who asked her, is mission just about helping people? I don't think seeing mission as doing stuff for people in need is the most helpful way to look at mission. Really, for three reasons. First of all, from a development perspective, the history of international organisations, national organisations, NGOs, shows us that when people just do stuff for people in need, it's often not what is the most appropriate thing to be doing. In the field of education, which was what I was involved in, there are so many examples of tissue rejection, people coming in with training, people coming in with education models which just don't fit the culture or the people and are not really meeting their needs, their aspirations. Um, So I think just from that perspective it's not very helpful. Secondly, it's not really treating people with dignity. Um, People have aspirations, dreams, They may need professional help, they may need skills, they may need training of various kinds, but it needs to be from the basis of them discerning and saying what they want to achieve um, and us respectfully engaging with them and working alongside people. And I think thirdly, mission isn't just about doing, it's also about being. It's about being with people uh, in their lives, in their frustrations, in their dreams. And it's also about we ourselves being changed through those relationships, through the calling that God's given us, us being transformed ourselves, seeing where God is at work in our lives as well. So it's not just focusing on the other person and and what we think we've we've gone to do it's a much more mutual experience it's about being with people being alongside them in their aspirations in their frustrations um, living with them learning from them in their culture Um, they have many things to teach us 
um, as well as what we might bring in terms of professional skills or opportunities. It's also about God working in us and being aware of the fact that mission is not just changing other people, it's also about changing us. And in living out our calling, God is at work in us because we have to remember that the ultimate goal of our lives here is to be transformed into the likeness of Christ, which is a being exercise and not a doing one. Being involved in mission has definitely been a blessing to me. I think there is nothing better than living out God's calling on your life. God has created each one of us. He knows our personality. He knows our gifts. He knows his purpose for our lives. And so when we can attune ourselves to that, be obedient to that and live that out, that is the most fantastic thing we can do. I think we find ourselves, I certainly have, found myself doing things I never imagined doing that were beyond my dreams, beyond what I thought I would be capable of doing, and beyond joy, I think, that I would have imagined experiencing. I think the challenge of it is that it's about engaging in a life of dependency on God, which is very challenging, but releases for you the power and the strength of God to do amazing things and for God's kingdom to grow through your life. I myself, from, because of my background, my upbringing, was naturally a person who relied on my own resources, on my own strength. And it took me many years to be able to, I think, want to live a dependent life and then to learn how to do it. So it's always a life about never thinking you've got the resources for it, but just having to really lean on God for everything, his counsel, his guidance, his timing, his means, every possible way, you depend on God. But I have found that to be the way of blessing. Why not take some time right now to pause and reflect on the challenging approach to life that Jane describes as the way of blessing? With that, on behalf of all at Church Mission Society, thank you for listening and join us next time for more voices from God's global mission.